actually got the right one. Normally I do the Superman thing, but I think about doing it. Anyway. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I am Mitch and with me as always is Yo. 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 Hey Mitch. Hey, how are you? I'm good. So, this is the continuing on the adventure that is the alphabet. I know, and what an adventure it is. <laughs> yes, and we're up to the letter. If we go in alphabetical order, which we are. is pretty handy, Yeah. the next one will be I. I. I, I, I for... I, Claudius. Close. Uh, ice in- cream. Indian food. I did want to do Indian food, <laughs> but we didn't do Indian food. No. no, Indiana Jones. And before anyone complains and says that Indiana Jones should be J for Jones, no, because he is the character of Indiana Jones. And Indiana's not even his name anyway. No. Is it the dog's name? Yes. So, I don't care. It's the title of the movie starts with I, <laughs> and that's the way it's going to work, not the character J. But it's multiple movies, and we are talking about the multiple expansion. But it's all starts with I with the Indiana. Okay. Justification done. Done. <laughs> so, did you get the original Indiana Jones movie in Wales when you were a kid? No. Do you remember was, first seeing the first Raiders of the Lost Ark? No, I was living Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's oh. how old I am. No. <laughs> I was living in coastal New South Wales in 1981 when Raiders of the Lost Ark first came out. And I actually saw it at my local cinema. And it was in a double feature to cash in on the whole Star Wars tie-in. Star Crash. No. Better be on the stars. Corvette Summer. Oh. (laughs) The Mark Hamill movie was the second feature after Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Raiders, I I think it was probably... It's the superior film of the two. Oh, obviously, yes. But (laughs) Raiders, I think, was rated NRC or whatever in those days. And I think Corvette Summer was a bit racier. And me being the little 10-year-old Joe that I was back then, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Another movie with someone from Star Wars. And it was a very different film for Mark Hamill. But anyway, not Corvette Summer. Let's talk about Indy. So you saw it at the cinemas? I did see it at the cinemas. Lucky Duck. I think I've seen all of them except the latest one at the cinemas. Lucky Duck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I have seen Razor Last Duck at the cinemas, but it was at the Astor, take a drink, a couple of years ago. So Mm. I never saw it at the cinema. At the time, I remember wanting to because it was out and we ended up seeing Albie Mangle's World Adventure. So, yeah, they didn't think I was, you know. Um, it was World, World Safari. Was one it? of them. He had a few. Yeah. He had a few. Was that the one where he threw the dog out of the window? That's one of them. See, yeah. I saw that at my local council hall or something. saw it at the Regent Theatre. Oh, God. There was a cinema at the time, and they hadn't done it up. It was all in disarray. But, yeah, so we all went on. I think my mum and my auntie went and saw Chariots of Fire. Dad went off and saw... He may have seen Raiders. I wanted to see Mad Max 2. I can't remember. It was around the same time. And we saw freaking Albie Mangles. I think I'd... Yeah. Anyway. So, I didn't see it till video, or TV probably. I probably taped it off the telly because it had Han Solo in it. You know, it wasn't Harrison Ford, it was Han Solo. Exactly, and I think that's what sold me on it too. It was like the fact that I, I hadn't seen much Harrison Ford movies, if any, before I saw Star Wars. And now they're touting this new Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I can remember seeing the ads. And I think I may have even seen an ad when I was seeing another Star Wars movie or something. And I saw the ad and I was like, I don't care, I've got to see this film. And as a young kid, just the adventure of Raiders, it's phenomenal. Well, I remember being violent. I heard it was violent. And looking back now, I mean, yes, the face is melting at the end, but like you'd swear that you saw him being ripped apart by the rotor blades, you know, in the flying wing battle scene. Yeah. You know? 
No, not even close. You get some blood splattered blood on, splatter, on exactly. a wing and that's it. But it's funny because I see that I've grown up with this movie. Now, this movie is obviously, it's directed by Steven Spielberg, written by George Lucas, collaborated together, and it was their love letter homage to the serials, hmm. the old adventure serials. And it's awesome. Like, it's fun. Like, this was an action film that I went and saw. Like, we had Star Wars, and again at the wrong age to see these films when that's the best one of the lot as comes out when you're a kid everything tries to be that nothing gets close so all you're doing like heroin is chasing the dragon going give me more of that nothing's close <laughs> and you get this adventure movie which is fantastic so you've got Indiana Jones is going around you've got amazing stunts it's fun it's and the budget is big you know they put a lot of money into it yeah so it looks good and then you go I want more of that and there, there is no more of that. You, no, there you was, can't get more of that. There was things that tried. So there was like romancing the stone. And that was more King adult. Solomon's though. You watch that now. And stuff yeah, like that. And but that's yeah. a lot cheaper. Yeah, and you can tell. But what really gets me about Raiders, especially because that was obviously the first and what kindled the love. The fact that there's no real wasted motion. Like even the scenes where they're traveling to places, they they don't sort of bore you with the details. They do the yeah, line on the map, and you know they, it starts off just in that scene where he's trying to get the golden idol mm-hmm. and it just you know it's pretty much punches you in the face and says watch this movie yeah. and then it takes you back to see him in the classroom and uh, reading the wiki and stuff like that they said that it kind of rekindled the love of archaeology for a lot of people because it kind of told them that you know archaeologists aren't stuffy old professors that just sit in school rooms there there actually can be people that get out there and do things i mean spielberg again but jurassic park did the same thing for dinosaurs and fossils yeah. and yeah exactly that sort of thing. paleontologists so people want to it, it makes it sound interesting the reality is archaeologists is a lot more in the classroom hmm. studying not punching nazis in the face would be cool I understand that, but yeah, it is a bit different. But it was just a well-done action film. And I couldn't say there's better ones since, to be honest. We've grown up in a very, very lucky time to get Star Wars and Raiders, a time when we saw it. It was like, this is great. There's older people than us that probably have different eras where you've got, you know, the Planet of the Apes movies where that was their franchise, which got them into things or something like that, or the Dirty Harry movies. I don't know. But yep. this is our wheelhouse where it's like, this is it. Often copied, often imitated, never duplicated. Yeah. Even by the sequels in some manner. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. so, I mean, Raiders, the first one, did very well, obviously. It was a huge blockbuster. Harrison Ford's a star. The famous story is that he wasn't the first choice, Harrison Ford, to play Indiana. Well, originally, I think George Lucas didn't want to work with Harrison Ford exclusively and he's yeah. like I don't want to be pigeonholed to be like he's my like, main like Scorsese and De Niro they yeah. didn't want that thing and it was Spielberg saying he'd be really good and it's like oh can we and they actually got Tom Selleck for the role hmm. and you can see it and it's like that'd be fine he would have been great I reckon he would have been quickly down under I think he would have been fine <laughs> it would have been good problem is he was making a very popular show called Magnum P.I. at the time Yep. And the Magnum pre- PI at the time. Yeah, it's yeah. a different spinner. Yeah, the producers wouldn't let him off his contract to go and make the film, so he wasn't released, he couldn't do it. So Spielberg sort of got in Lucas's ear again saying, you know what, Harrison would be really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, all right, okay. Three weeks later they're filming, and needless to say, right choice. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think probably would have been as successful with Tom Selleck in the role, and he would have been maybe even a bigger star. Not than Harrison, but, you know, he, yeah. he, he, his, his stardom would have been bigger, potentially. But, yeah, so... So, it, Raiders did make quite a bit of money for them. It grossed $389 million worldwide. 
and what's that? And today's standards, lots. Yeah. Lots and lots. Yeah. And then obviously a few years later in 1984, they came along with the sequel, which was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yep. And when I was younger, I think this so much was younger probably... Than today. You never needed anybody's help. I didn't. <laughs> but I think this was probably Temple of Doom was my favourite of the trilogy, mm-hmm. which then turned into a whatever the word for four movies is. Quadrilogy. But yeah, I as a kid I really liked Temple of Doom. Mm, going back and ickier. going yeah, going back and watching it now, it Shit. doesn't quite <laughs> hold up. And I think the fact that Kate Capture is just annoying, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I thought Short Round was a little bit annoying, but I could see why they needed that sort of comedy relief character. But it's now, a heavy movie. Yeah, going back now, yeah, Kate Capshaw is just painful to watch. Mm-hmm. She's just a whiny bitch through the whole movie. <laughs> and she has really no redeeming features, other than probably the anything goes scene at the start. That's it's a great probably sequence. her only good bit in the movie. But. Like, it's not a movie I crave to watch, like this Temple of Doom. No. As a kid, I remember the taking the heart out scene. I remember the anything goes bit. And I remember the, the sequence at the end in the minecart. Yeah, I don't remember much else. Oh, and obviously the, the the feast with the monkey brains. Yeah, yeah. You don't remember the scene with the all the insects crawling around in the tunnels and all that. Yeah, that, that was pretty iconic. All these things add up to like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't remember a whole movie in there. I remember those moments. So it's sort of like, I, yeah. So I don't crave it. I remember no more parachutes and they <laughs> jump out of the plane. So it was again pieces. Yeah, I don't crave it. Like it's a big trilogy. And it's great. And don't get me wrong. It's better than the copies. And but the Raiders is so good. And now looking back with thirty, twenty, whatever years on, it's like yeah, Raiders is fantastic. Temple's a good film. But we're going to actually we're going to disagree on the next one. Now I can't Probably. remember if Kate Capshaw was that one of Spielberg's ex-wives. It was Spielberg's current wife, I think, when they were making it. Uh, but it's, yeah, because I can't remember. It's I like, think that's how she got the role, or, oh, okay. or was it that she got the role and then they Thanks. married afterwards? I don't know. Yeah, it, it didn't make quite as much as Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really? It only made three hundred and thirty-three million. That's still a shitload. Yeah, it's funny that not as much. Hmm. Interesting, but I think there was there were some issues with the, the movie as well. That Harrison Ford was doing his own stunts and he hurt his back early on in the movie. Uh, I think he fell off a rail car or something. He's got bad luck, Harrison. Yeah. Well, yeah. Flying planes under the wrong runways, million <laughs> doors falling on your feet, breaking it, your old brittle yeah, bones. Yeah, so anyway, so he hurt his back and then they had to delay the filming quite a bit while he was recovering from okay. back injury. Saying that, though, there, uh, there are bits of this movie that I still really love. Uh, moments. And, and yeah. most of them don't have Willie K Capture in them. And Mola Ram. And you love Willie. I know, you absolutely adore Willie. You can't wait to get more Willie. <laughs> no, but I, I think Mola Ram as a bad guy is one of the better movie bad guys. Like, I, I think Belloc and, and Toth in the first one yep. are iconic bad guys. Yes. And I think his team of helpers in bad the first date. one. Yes. Like, what's his name? Um, Rhys Davies, what's his first name? Yep. The guy that plays Sala, anyway, who yep. was, also went on to be... John Rhys Davies John Rhys Davies. Yes, or Lord Precursor of the Rings, or... the S episode. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I thought we were talking about sliders, as in little hamburgers. Yeah. Oh, anyway, that, remember that in a few weeks when we get to S. But, yeah, I, I think the, the team that he had, obviously, Marion and yep. Sala in the first one, were more, I don't know, more adult, better. Competent. Yeah, whereas yep. Willie was just always in trouble and he kept having to save her from stuff. Short Round was a kid, although there was that pretty good scene where the little Maharaja kid had the, the voodoo doll and then Short Round climbed up the mine to punch on with him while Indy was punching on with the big dude on the conveyor belt. There were these moments, and I'm thinking now, and I remember the, the bridge sequence. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so oh, there's great moments in 
temple. But it's I, just I, it doesn't to me to one and three. I would yeah. you know I would choose those two over to any day. But and we're it, not it obviously, about four, obviously struck. A, well, we will mention it a little bit. Well, we're going to talk about it, but I don't want. It, it did strike a chord with me when I was younger because I can remember I made myself a whip out of like a long piece of string and a, and a big pencil, and I had my whip and. I had a like a fake cowboy hat that I had my hat, and I and I actually got one of my old school shirts and cut one of the sleeves off, and I was getting about with like the the, the shirt with one sleeve that Indy has in Raiders, so it, it must have made. This was this was two weeks ago, people. Just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, it was just the other week when I was rewatching. I'm surprised my old school shirt still fits me. <laughs> but yeah, but. I don't know. As I said, going back to it just didn't have that same appeal. And even I kind of want to see those bits again now because I I didn't go back and rewatch, but I kind of want to go back and watch it again now because those bits are there. But yeah, the willy thing is what's um, putting me off. (laughs) That's what you said the other day. Okay, so we'll we'll jump forward now to the third movie, which was in 1989, and that was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And I didn't like this as as much at the time. No? I didn't didn't like the dynamic between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery playing his dad. Spoilers! No, it's okay. I I thought Sean Connery was just a bit of an ass. Really? Well, I don't know. I I think I'd probably seen quite a bit of Sean Connery, James Bond movies. Oh, okay. And I'd seen Zardos, so I have seen a fair bit of Sean Connery. <laughs> but then I, I think I was more sort of the Highlander sort of thing at that stage, and I really liked his role in Highlander. And then he goes from being, you know, the... Egyptian. Egyptian, <laughs> Villa Lobos, whatever his name, Spanish-Egyptian swordfighter in Highlander. That's the one. <laughs> to being this old professor in, you know, Indiana Jones chasing seagulls with his umbrella on the beach. And he just wasn't a good character, I don't think. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I haven't rewatched for a while, to be honest, but I loved it at the time. I know that. But this was maybe the blossoming of me going to the movies. It all comes down to me going to movies when they came out. So this was around the same time I think Batman came out the same year, or Ghostbusters 2. There was a lot of movies for me coming out. So I was going... They come in on a Tuesday or a Thursday back then, I think. So my chance to go would be like the Friday or the Saturday. You'd have to book tickets because yeah, they'd, be, yeah. they'd just be sold out. You know, mm. We were lucky enough that, oh, 89, wouldn't have been open, but Northland got an eight, and that, you know, a Hoyt's eight cinema. Everything else was twins, unless yeah. you went to the city. Yeah, so, so if you missed that session, that's it. There wasn't like eight cinemas playing. Yeah, exactly multiples like i think fast and furious we went and saw last week and there was seven sessions or something throughout the evening yeah. let alone so you know and that's just in one cinema <laughs> you know where we are we're 20 minute drive to three different major cinemas probably at yeah. least Ep- yeah. epping northland greensboro yeah for us locals here in the north and we could yeah we could take a pick yeah so back then you booked a ticket yeah. otherwise it was full you know so it was a great time for me i think i was year 10 to 11 i'm yeah batman's coming out you know this is huge news ghostbusters 2 indiana jones it was just like all these movies i want to see like sequels to big movies that i grew up watching a lot that i've taped off the telly and batman obviously so, well, Batman. <laughs> all all wasn't these good a, movies and Batman. No, Batman wasn't a sequel, but it was Batman. You yeah, know? it's just like this is awesome. So uh, it was just, and it was big. And that's the thing with these movies; you feel that they're big. Yeah, you know, and that had Zeppelins. You had Hitler. He didn't punch Hitler, but he was close. You know, but um, and it felt like the Raiders again. It went back to the Nazis. It went back to the you know Catholic mythology or Christian mythology. Yeah, and that, and it just. It was good. It just felt, you know, and it brought back characters and it had the fun and everything. And yeah, I, I still dig it. And I love Sean Connery when he turned up. To me, the movie really picks up on that, but you hate it. So it's interesting. 
in that. Where again, I haven't watched it for a while, but I feel I still think I'd love it because I loved it back then. I don't think I'm going to hate it now. I think the problem with comparing the three movies is the fact that there's no real big action scenes. Like there's a few. There's the the motorbike chase where they're in the motorbike and sidecar is yep. pretty big, and there's kind of a big scene with the tanks and stuff sort of closer to the end. Yep. But then the whole bit at the end where he's doing the riddles and working out the, the bridge that isn't there and I love that stuff. stuff but it's not a like it's obviously quite clever in the way it's done but it's not a huge action scene no, like I suppose, the end of the other I mean movies. I rattled off all those things that I remembered from Temple of Doom yeah there's less of those in The Last Crusade yeah exactly I remember the boat being churned up by the rotors yeah, that, that's... That sequence. But then that's... Uh, the opening sequence on the train with um, Young River Phoenix, R.I.P. That's kind of iconic, but no, nowhere near as much. But the fun, just the banter between Harrison and Sean Connery is... I remember that. Yeah. That side of it, you know. It was great because there was... N- there were no foils for Harrison Ford. Like, he was... Well, Indiana Jones. He, he's, he's sort of the grumpy character. He's sort of... He's humorous and this and that. But he's almost, always the smartest guy in the room. He's got this quips. He's got everything. But then you bring his dad into it, and he's sort of embarrassed. And yeah. it's, I love that sort of stuff. And then you obviously get the line, the fun line, where it's like, Indiana... Your name's Henry. Yeah. Indiana's the dog's name. You know, it's that sort of stuff. It's, it's just, it fleshed out the character a lot for me. And I love, I just love the characterization, I think, is between it. But yeah, t- talking now about it and saying what's the iconic scenes from it, there's less. And the problem, I think, as well as timing of the special effects. Like, I, first one, you had the faces melting and those sort of things. But it was a pretty basic film and really clever as far as plot goes. Yeah, I think other than... But the special effects by the... Th- third one they were trying too much so you've got very obvious rear screen projection superimposed like the plane going down the tunnel like yep. the, when the wings come off and it yeah. goes past it looks very fake nowadays the zeppelin looks kind of fake where you don't get those issues with the first ones well really in that first one other than yeah the face melting in the arc itself i think the There's only no special effects, the only really. real special effects is when they're in the well of souls and he's shining the light through the medallion yeah but even that still looks fairly realistic it's just a light shining and through the a jewel funniest thing about the first movie doesn't even need to be in it yeah because the plot would be, yeah, exactly. if he did nothing, if he didn't turn up, the plot would play out exactly the same way. <laughs> yeah. He's just there for the fun of it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. But, but the third one still actually made quite a bit of money. It made uh, $474 million in the box office. Well, well I'm surprised so, it's not so much more because it would have been inflation and everything. Then, well, but it was a big movie of the year. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then quite a few years later after that. years, is it? 2009? 2008, they brought out Crystal yeah, 19 Star. years between. And Harrison's aged a little bit. Yes, he has. <laughs> and they played it up, though. This movie is set in the 50s, so it is actually set 19 years after Last Crusade. So, you know, that, it makes sense. Hmm. When I first saw this, I didn't see this at the cinema. Yep. I tried watching it, I think it was on Foxtel, when, you know, a little bit after it came out. Mm-hmm. And I can remember I got to the bit where Shia LaBeouf rocks up, and there's the motorbike chase through the campus. Yep. And then they go down to South America, and there was a bit with monkeys. Yep. And I can remember thinking to myself, fuck this movie, I'm yep. not watching any more of it, and I turned it off. Yep. But just this weekend, I went back and thought, well, in the sake of fulfilment of getting all, everything, I will watch this whole You're movie. better man and than me. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I remember it. Still not good, though, is it? But the thing that really I've really found jarring is the other ones feel like 1930s movies, even yep. though they were made in the 80s. Well, 
Well, they're, they're meant to be serials. Yeah. Like, the first one particularly, it's cliffhangers every 15 minutes. Mm. The idea is you're, yeah, exactly. you're telling a, a, a modern serial yeah. in that way. Whereas this one is meant to be sort of that sort of 50s action, yeah. sci-fi. Oh, 50, yeah. It's meant to be that sort of 50s sci-fi based on aliens and all that sort of mm. stuff. But it just feels like a 2000s movie. It's a lot more violent than the other movies. So, like, there's a stage, even really early on, where Indy and his mate are going to Area 51 or something like that, and the Russians turn up and they just gun down all the guards. And it's like, well, I can remember seeing people die in the other movies, but I don't remember it being so gratuitous. Oh, the Nazis would have done stuff like that. Yeah, but, but I, maybe they don't show it. I think it's like what okay. you're saying, even when, like, he has the fight with the dude in the plane, and yeah. that guy dies pretty brutally. And same as in Raiders, the guy uh, in Temple of Doom, where he's fighting the, the big Indian slave guy, and he punches him and he falls under the rock crusher. That's pretty full on as well, but it's more, you see, you know, the, the scarf. Consequence. The, yeah, exactly. You don't actually see the, you know, the guy getting squashed. Yeah. But this one, I think, had more violence. And it, to me, yeah, it, it just felt just like a 2000s movie. But it, it does have action sequences that are pretty good. I mean, the motorbike sequence is great. I remember at the time when I saw it, a friend was talking about their love of Spielberg, saying with directors, you know, with Spielberg, he, he can direct location, geography, hmm. where you know at every point what's going on. You know where everyone is. You're not confused by the geography of the scene. Yeah, exactly. Where if you watch something like uh, Transformers... You know, Michael Bay is not that good a director. So it's, yeah, flashy movements and kind of cool or whatever. You get a bit confused as to where it all is. So I remember watching that motorbike sequence with that in my mind going, how did you direct this scene? And watching the motorbike scene. And it's like, yeah, okay, you understand where it is in the quad of the, the university. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. But it's just, it wasn't fun. Like, I don't know. Like you said, it felt like a 2000s movie or whatever. Mm. Things annoyed me in it. That's what I could tell you I remember from it. Like, the motorbike sequence was okay. The swinging with monkeys is ridiculous it looked yeah. terrible yeah and it was just shit like everything else i understand if you're going back to that serial sort of idea that yeah. it's sort of like what would they do in an adventure romp in the 30s you know yeah swinging on vines because tarzan was sort of big but all right, it's not that anymore it's meant to be 50s the crystal skull as a trope was interesting but it was sort of like i like the religious artifact sort of thing yeah. even though temple of doom isn't that but this is but it makes sense well, because I- they've gone 50s and this is all van donican this is chariots of the gods it, it was at the time that was the big deal so it but, made sense that it was a 50s yeah just going back to the Temple of Doom though, I guess it is religion mm. but it's more the sort of the Indian mm. buggy religion sort of thing yep so he is still chasing religious artifacts yep. they're just not Christian artifacts yeah so I mean I understand why because Chariots of the God was huge yeah. at this time. So, you know, the Crystal Skull, it's not something they made up for it at all. It's all based on bits and pieces of, you know, theories and all this sort of stuff. And it was originally going to be called something else, but then I think, can't remember if it was Spielberg or Lucas, but one of them was like, no, we need to call it Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull because then yep. it is in the title and we know that that is the major plot point. Yeah, so it's it just annoyed me that it was really badly written. The others seem tight, a lot tighter. Where this one was, it's magnetic. The yeah. skull's magnetic. So he throws iron filings and they follow it. Everything that's metal should be drawn. If iron filings are going to be that attracted to it, they lift it up, put it on a fucking Jeep. You shouldn't be able to get it off the fucking Jeep again. If it's that fucking magnetic... <laughs> that iron filings are going to fly towards and that's how they find the thing. You can't get it off a fucking Jeep again. They, they pick it up. Like, they, yeah. they're not walking through anything well, and stage, spatulas and fucking things well, are coming at stage, them. Doug, his glasses fly off and stick One convenient pair of glasses to it. What about everything else that's metal? It's It, it was just... That drew me out of the film so fucking early yeah. because of that. Because of this trope that you make it magnetic, then it's not magnetic only when you need it to be. Mm. It's like watching sm- 
Smallville again and like the kryptonite only affected him when people told him it was there he didn't walk in the room and get sick all of a sudden but suddenly when they turn around and say see I've got kryptonite it's like no it's in the fucking room that's how it works it's it's that sort of stuff is where it and it drew me out where because yeah. it, it should be better they should be smarter than that and they it's just should. like that yeah. sort of stuff really go to me so and that some of the special effects looking fake no, I can remember not liking Shia LaBeouf when I first saw this but he's really not the, the worst thing of, of this movie no no like Marion's pretty bad really I can't even remember the name of the actress that plays Marion yep but she was pretty bad Um, the the main villain Kate Blanchett yeah she's not great a bit nothing yeah, yeah. There, there's just there's a I few like the nuke in work. the fridge like, there, I yeah. love that and everyone hates it like everyone calls you know that became the jumping the shark the nuke in the fridge but it's, I like the idea because it would have been a lead line thing back then probably yeah, yeah we'll just survive a, f- a flight but it is an adventure film it's like it's ridiculous you know it's he's being dragged under a tank he's doing all these superhuman things but not you know I mean that that's something they brought up that they wanted him to be human in the movies where he got hurt yeah. he wasn't John Wayne you know he got beat up in all the movies you know he's yeah, bloody he, he's, and know, he has he's, fights with like dudes that are a lot bigger than him and he outsmarts them rather than outmuscles them yeah, but he gets beat up. Yeah. Like, he loses to a point, you know? He's, he's not unbeatable. I, he does use smarts in the first one, but you know the famous story about the sword fight? Yeah. Because iconic scene in Razor of the Lost Ark where he comes up against a... The Cairo swordsman. Yes. And he's there, and, you know, he's there, he re- reaches... Um, yeah, the Cairo swordsman comes out and, and swings he's swinging his scimitar his around and he's like, and fuck, and he just pulls out his gun and he shoots him dead. That's it. And it's an iconic character moment where you go, that's Indiana Jones. Yeah. Wasn't in the script. No. Why? Was it food poisoning? Yes. <laughs> he had the drizzling shits and they had a fight scene choreographed and it's like, I can't do it without shitting myself. Can't I just shoot him? I was like, all right. <laughs> and that's the way it worked. But it, it lends so much to the character going forward. It, and it does. It, and then in Temple of Doom, there's the other scene where the guy comes at him with the sword and he reaches for his gun and he hasn't got there. it. It's a great so moment. he has to have the fight with him. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So there's those sort of things. And I can't remember if they use I mean, the fact that he was old was, you know, yeah. he's older. They played up to that really good. But I just find it forgetful. I saw it the once. I do not want to see it again because I didn't enjoy any of it to a point. And the stuff I do remember, like I said, the magnetized skull, which pissed me off because it was just so badly done. And it's like, I don't want to go in because I'm going to get angry at those things again. I do kind of like the fact that they've made Shia LaBeouf his son and mm. he doesn't find out that he's his son until probably halfway through the movie. And it's very much parallels the relationship that he has with his dad. And it's like, you know, everything that he doesn't like about Shia LaBeouf was pretty much what his dad didn't yeah. like about him. No, and I like the concept of his son. Like, he was the wild one. Yeah. You know, the leather it, jacket, it the white exactly t-shirt. exactly like Marlon Brando. Yeah, and I, the fact that it was set in the 50s and all that, I, I dug it. I just don't think it was a really well-made story yeah. or it was a really good story. Well, so. obviously, it made a lot of money. Yep. $786 million worldwide. I remember when Comic-Con, they launched it, they had a panel for it, and they bought out actress playing Marion and everyone's like whoa they brought her back wow this mm. is crazy and then they had Shia LaBeouf and it was just like this is huge and everyone was so pumped and excited so there was a lot of buzz going in and I mean the trailer was great because you saw the silhouette with yeah. a hat and everything I was like this is awesome and you got it there but it was just had Alan Dale in it should have been great yeah because he never does anything bad no Alan Dale was great awesome. movies yeah so it was, I was, yes it would have made a lot of money but it was just unfortunately it was a bit disappointing speaking of the silhouette now, he's got an iconic look. Yes, he does. Which 
Yeah, if you go to the wiki, there's a really good breakdown of where it all came from, the inspirations, the and yeah. where they literally got it made from, you know, what, you can, what, what it is. So you don't have to use your school shirt. You can actually go get the, the right shirt. What got me when reading that wiki is, like, the breakdown of how much things cost. I don't think it's actually on the wiki, but there's, like, a link to the boots that you can buy that are the yeah. indie boots, and I went and had a look at them, and they're, like, $900 wow. just for these brown pair well, of lace-up boots. Well, cowboy boots cost a fortune. Well, so know, but, if they're in that sort of realm, then, yeah. That, well, they weren't even cowboy sense. boots. They're just, like, you know, leather work boots okay but yeah 800 bucks for a pair of boots wow yeah. but yeah they said they actually with the costuming they worked together to make the look of him so he had a silhouette yeah. and, and he, he does and half of it is Harrison's swagger yeah or he's got a lazy sort of posture like it's a it's a broad posture he's not like the Duke he's not like you know Arnie or anything like yeah, that yeah he's not but there is yeah. a it's a confidence without being masculine if that makes any sense at all yeah and he comes across as a guy that isn't super tough but is tough when he needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got the hat, the jacket, or the shirt... Like you know, the rip shirt, the and yeah, and yeah, the, the satchel sort of yeah. the whip on the side, the gun holster on, the, and it's just Indiana Jones. You can't mistake it. Yeah, you see it. It's been parodied. It's been copied. It's been t- to death. Mm-hmm. And reading it was quite interesting, and I didn't realise why. But the hat was very important. They had to go, you know, and they were tr- trying lots and lots of hats to get which one was the right hat for the silhouette and everything. Yep. And another reason for the hat, which they used back in the old serial days, was hide stuntmen. Yeah, so you can hide the actor by putting him in that hat a lot of people do that when oh they you know you see sort of weird car chases in a movie where a couple grab a motorbike and throw a helmet on who's got time to grab that helmet but yeah. it's you want to hide that stunt yeah. person by doing something like that but yeah so and apparently it was taking a long time to film because they do sequences with harrison and the hat would come off i was like stop reset set come up put the hat back on because that was taking time and it ended up becoming a joke and a trope in the movies where he'd lose the hat but he'd always get it back again yeah you know and and sort of like even and by the end it was like by magic where the wind would just blow it back to him you know it's sort of like it's going to get back to him no matter what but well, that, yeah. that's what happens in the very last scene he's like getting married to Marion and the, the doors of the church burst open and the hat sort of comes yeah. blowing in and Shia LaBeouf goes to pick it up and Harrison Ford steps in and goes kind of like you know it's my hat so <laughs> Because that was a big thing. The thing we, everyone thought this is the passing of the torch. It's going to be the adventures of Matt William. Matt, he's going to pass the torch, and that was the hat. Was everyone going to be? I mean, and if the movie was a success and people really took on to Matt or the movie, they could have, but yep. it just didn't happen. And I mean, like we said earlier, this is the brainchild of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. I don't know. I mean, it's the fact the two of them work together. I don't know who wants it more. But the thing with George Lucas is, you know, he did three Star Wars films. He waited a long time before he did the next three because he had mm. the right ideas to do it and it's like when I'm ready I'll come up with the next idea so mm. they're not in a hurry to make the money so what? therefore when I come up with a story now whether he was interested enough a month to go I want to do more Mutt stories I'm going to create more of these stories or yeah, I don't know. he might have just forgotten about it for five years again. There is, there is rumours that there is going to be another Indiana Jones it's in the next couple of years. Not rumours it's going oh, to happen. It is official? Yep. But it's not Mutt it's, it's, no, it's, it's Harrison, Harrison. Yeah. Yep. No that's happening because DreamWorks costs a lot of money to Disney and they want to make their money from it and yeah. they will. So, yeah. So, I don't know how much George is involved in the next one. Hopefully, he is because mm. I want him involved. Yeah. Actually, Celebration was just on the last weekend, which is a Star Wars thing. Yeah. And it was a 40-year anniversary of Star Wars. So, they brought most of the cast back, pretty much all the cast that are surviving, obviously. And George came back. And it was like, it was great. Like, everyone picked on George for, you know, changing the originals for the prequels and this and that. And it's like... 
He did give us Star Wars. He may have tweaked it along the way, but he still gave it to us. Yeah. And why are we shitting on him? Exactly. Like, he gave it to us. And it was just great to hear him there. And he was, he's quite a humble man. You just hear him talk. He's he's a multi-billionaire. Mm. And he does really good things for the community. You know, he's, he's a nice guy. And he gave us Star Wars. It's like, I want him to be happy. And he's probably miserable because <laughs> everyone just shits on him for Jar Jar Binks. It's like, he doesn't deserve that. No. And just to hear him talk about Star Wars in a little snippets I heard from Celebration, it's like, that's good. I like you again. I'm going to give the pass to the prequels. Not for Indiana Jones 4. But, you know, mm. so I, I hope he's involved in 5 for that reason. Just because exactly. I sort of heard him talk. I was like, oh, you did start this. I wouldn't mind you being involved somewhere. But, mm. yeah, well, do a better movie. Other than the four movies, there was a TV spin-off as well. Have you seen any of it? No. The Young I've Indiana the, Jones I've seen the Chronicles. opening credits on YouTube, but I haven't seen much of it, so I probably can't say whether it's good or not. I, I can't say it. anything. And very much a reason why is it wasn't Indiana no, Jones. It, it's not Harrison Ford, so yeah. It was a young guy, and the budget wasn't there. So I was like, I, did, I never watched the Flash TV show when it came out, because it wasn't big budget. You know, they, it was cheap, and it's like, well, they can't do it. I never watched Lois and Clark. I'm a big Superman fan. I never watched it. Why? Because they didn't have the villains in it because they didn't and it was a sort of a romance show with bugger all special effects it's like well that's not Superman to me I, I want to see the villains I want to see yeah, the spectacle exactly. and Young Indiana Jones didn't have the spectacle because they didn't have the budget I kind of want to check it out now because yeah, yeah. if it's a well written story maybe no, it's I worth it I think they did get quite a few big name stars as to play you know baddies and historical figures and stuff but yeah, yeah. I haven't watched so them. I'm actually who's got the time but I'm like maybe I should check out at least a couple mm. and another spin off that I did actually pass taking back in the day was Marvel Comics back in the early 80s mm. sort of in between the first two movies brought out a line of comics which was the further adventures of Indiana Jones Sweet. and I can remember getting those quite regularly when I was younger and it was good because they kind of delved into a lot of the relationships with the minor characters I remember there was one issue of the comic that I really enjoyed with Simon Katanga who was the ship's captain from Raiders Oh wow! Okay. and it was sort of showing the relationship that he and Indy had because I can remember in I don't know how well you know Raiders, yep. but there's a bit where the Nazis come on board in Raiders and there's an African-American dude who's the ship's captain and Indy goes off and hangs onto the side of the submarine, whereas the, the, the Nazis come in and they take Marion. And Simon Katanga is like a real asshole in that scene. He's like, you know, take the women, I don't care, they're no use to me sort of thing. And I always thought, well, you know, he's a bit of an ass. But then they kind of flesh him out in the comics and show you that he's actually a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Now, and did he hold on to that submarine all the way? <laughs> I think he did. That's a long way. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, though, because there's bits in Raiders where you look at and think, well, that that's just wouldn't have happened. But there's another thing he does in Raiders not long after that submarine bit where he punches a, a German guard and tries to steal his uniform. And it's probably one of the only times in movies where someone gets a uniform and it's not the right size for him and he's trying to put it on and it's not big enough. And then the, the captain comes and has a go at him for having his uniform all disheveled and stuff. And... <laughs> Again, it's just something little in the movie, but it's something that just stuck with me when I was a kid. It's a great moment. Mm. Now, with we talked about influences. There were a lot of influences on this. Like, you know, George Lucas and Spielberg said, you know, oh, what do we do next? I think Star Wars had just come out. So, you know, Close Encounters and Star Wars were huge movies. Yeah. And they're in Hawaii. And they go, oh, you know. And goes, I'd like to do a James Bond movie. And George's go, I've got something better. And it was Indiana Jones. And it, it's kind of good, but it's a throwback to classic, the, yeah. the serials. A lot of Uncle Scrooge comics, which is great. If we do, we do, we've got nothing for you. Uncle Scrooge might be the one to do. You know, uh, some Charlton Heston adventure films, a lot of the adventure films and stuff like that. So the look and the vibe all comes from things. And that's, I think, the problem with Star Wars. Like, Star Wars is so influenced by classic films, Carousel films, mm. westerns, war movies, where by the time it got to the prequels, he was being influenced by himself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it was sort of like losing whatever that feeling and vibe, the Marbo of it all, that wasn't there for the new ones. We got, again, we got it again with Force Awakens. We had that Star Wars vibe again because everyone got nostalgic for the original Star Wars and that's exactly what we got. And yeah, so going forward, it's going to be interesting to get that feeling. But yeah, so Indiana Jones had that. Now, what it has done, yes, it was influenced by so many things, but it's also influenced a lot more, I'd say. Oh, definitely. Even like, I was thinking this myself, and you can see the Chris Pratt character from Jurassic World. Yep. You can tell he's got a bit of Indiana Jones to him, just the, the look uh, of him. Lara Croft. Yep. Uh, actually, there are a couple of really good Indiana Jones video games. Too, oh, probably there are a few. Yeah, there's one. I mean, they're all old now, unfortunately. I'd love one now, but we're we're, all, we're almost getting the Nathan Drake Uncharted are Indiana yeah. Jones games, essentially. So, I mean, I'd love to get one, but we've got Tomb Raider and we've got Nathan Drake. So, mm. essentially, the gameplay are there and the storylines are there. There's actually a really good it. one on the original Xbox that I can remember getting almost all the way through. Yep. And then the very last mission, you have to do this time thing where you have to climb out of wells and stuff, and I just rage quit, even <laughs> though I was probably 90% through the game. Yep. But, and I also really love the Lego Indiana Jones games. The first one is very good because it only covers the first trilogy. There's none, no Crystal Skull involved in Yep. But I didn't bother with the second one because that was just Crystal Skull and a few other Apparently there was a condensed version of the first one mm. and then the Crystal Skull. I'm just looking around my library and it's not here, unfortunately. I had two Choose Your Own Adventure ah. um, Indiana Jones books because I never read full novels because they took too long. Choose Your Own Adventure, you felt like you were reading a full novel but you were probably only reading a third of it. Exactly. Yeah, it was really funky. Like I, I loved the Indiana Jones universe because probably because of Star Wars. Mm. It brought the Harrison Ford factor in and it was just a great adventure film and being at that age, it was like this is the greatest thing ever because I watched anything that looked like a Star Wars movie or anything that looked like an Indiana Jones movie and there were plenty that copied you know, I watched the Alan Quartermain movies which were the very cheap knockoffs but like I said a few episodes ago I didn't know there were cheap movies or expensive movies <laughs> one you'd want to go and see and Star Wars was a lot better than Star Crash or Battle Beyond the Stars I know that but there were still movies to me and Alan Quartermain was still a movie versus Indiana Jones but I didn't know they were 40 million dollars different in budget Looking back now, you can tell. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> and, you know, they're better movies, better written, better acted. There's so many factors in there. But as a kid, that's all you want, you know, and you want to get that. You'd watch things again and again back then. I mean, I've got a son now who's, you know, he's three and that's all he does. He gets onto one thing and he'll watch it for a week. All right. I wasn't three when I was watching these things, but you, unless you went to the video library and paid your dollars to get the video, if it came on telly, you taped it and you watched the shit yeah. out of it. And that's what I used to do. Nowadays, not so much with streaming and this and that. I can't keep up with the stuff I want to see, let alone rewatch things like I've friends who do that they'll, they'll, I don't know how many watches they're on in the Buffy series like to watch the whole series and yeah. they're up to like seven or eight it's like who's got time I, I, there's things I haven't seen yet let alone go back to devote seven seasons to watch yeah. something it's like better person than me that's for sure Yeah, but they're not gamers as well yeah well that's the thing as well it's like <laughs> we only have a finite amount of time yeah exactly how much time do you put towards rewatching a movie or you end up doing what I do when you have a movie going on your iPad while you're playing the video game and then you know you won't be concentrating on it on either yeah. yes yeah. and thankfully for VLC Movie Player so you can watch things in more than just normal speed so, the way the director wanted it exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Crystal Skull wasn't too bad in time and a half anything to help it mm. but yeah. anyway so, so we've got one to look forward to in yeah. 2019 I think it is something yeah, like that something like that so if we're still doing the podcast then we can, we can revisit throw back talk about maybe maybe have All nostalgic right. thoughts for the Crystal Skull afterwards but I doubt it yeah. Disney seemed to have got the formula right even though it is formulaic yeah 
All right, well, that is Indiana Jones. It is. It was fun to go back and rewatch them. Uh, I kind of want to go back again now and watch a couple of the scenes again from the, the first couple. Yeah. Just to see how they still hold up. It'd be interesting for people to jump on our Facebook and give us a bit of a rundown of which one they think is the best out of, I would say, out of the trilogy, because Crystal Skull, no one No one is going to say that's the best. No. But, yeah, if you have any feedback for us, we are on Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the Mass Attack Podcast. You can look at our website, which is themopodcast.podbean.com. We're on Twitter as the MO Podcast. And, yeah. Find us anywhere you find podcasts. Give us some feedback. Tell us what you think. Or let us think what you, we're going to do for what's next, Jay. 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 Yeah. It's all about Jay. It might be a bit of a uh, surprise next month. We might pull something out that people wouldn't expect from us. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Jelly. Or Junglist, the host of Good Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've been saying we wanted to get a guest on. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with Jay. And until then, thank you, Mitch. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sometimes the feeling is right You fall in love for the first time Heartbeat and kisses so sweet So much I'm loving the moonlight I